Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. I'm your host, Tina Robertson. You know, Halloween is just around the corner, but for some, it feels like a season of fright and fear has just been hanging around us for quite a while. We are definitely living in unprecedented times that have compounded the fearful spaces that we feel like we're managing. So on today, we're talking about fear, but most of all, we're talking about how to courage up to it and walk away with more faith. So I don't even have to tell you, this is one episode you shouldn't even think about missing. So get ready, strap in, because we are getting freed up from fear on today. When I was growing up, every Friday night was fish night at our house. Every once in a while, we might have coney dogs or something like that, but for the most part, it was fish, perch, whiting, buffalo, and we had to have it with mustard and hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way we eat fish back home. And every time I think about Friday nights, I think about the traditions and all the memories of that time in my life. But Friday night was also the night for Sammy Terry. Now, if you grew up in the 70s in my hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana, you know Sammy Terry. He came on after dark and he was the host of this Friday night show that aired, which would showcase these various horror movies each week. And that would result in about two hours of screaming and shaking and hiding under the covers. Now, Sammy Terry was notorious for the most eerie and frightening laugh. And my older brother, Barry, had perfected the imitation of Sammy Terry's laugh. And he would sneak up on us at any time during the week and break out that laugh. And we would run and scream and cry. And of course, it was to his perfect delight because that's what big brothers do, right? Now, I want you to get the full effect of what we got to hear. So I want to play a short clip of Sammy Terry's Friday night hosting intro. Check it out. Good evening. Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. I am Sammy Terry. Oh, my God. Sammy Terry was the real deal for horror in my childhood, y'all. And I know that Halloween is just around the corner. And it's that time where people are planning their fright nights and preparing to enjoy the scary, the spooky, the creepy. And yes, the oh, so kooky. But I would imagine, though, that your life, if it's been anything like mine in this year, doesn't need anything else scary or frightening in it. And I personally don't need to go to a haunted house because I feel haunted by the issues that are happening in our country with the racial unrest and so much else. Um, The seemingly never ending pandemic that we're in, which is now in its next iteration of its ravaging effects on us. 
And I definitely don't need to see any ghosts because I sometimes feel the shadows of the deep wounds from the ghosts of my past. I definitely don't need the imagery of witches flying around on broomsticks because in particular in this time in my life, I have been fighting against wickedness and spiritual forces in high places, just trying to overcome the barrage of attacks on my mind. And nobody has to say boo to scare me in this season. I promise you, I have had my fair share of fears to contend with. Is there anybody out there that can identify with this? Life can sometimes feel like a continuous Halloween season or stick with you like that creepy laugh of cemeteries. But there is one who speaks peace to all those fears, to all that is scary and stormy in our lives. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, we discover that after a day where Jesus was healing the sick, the spiritually and mentally oppressed, and he was engaging with the crowds who just continued to follow him, evening came and he told his disciples, his crew, let's go to the other side. Now, the other side was across the Sea of Galilee. So they got into their boat and their journey began. Now, this crew of Jesus, his disciples, they were experienced fishermen. So they were used to being in boats and on the water. This was as natural to them as breathing. This was their thing. They did boat rides. So the journey began that day like so many others that they had likely made. And then unexpectedly, a fierce and a raging storm came up on the water. Now, maybe this was a category two or three. Who knows? Because there wasn't a meteorologist that predicted it. It was sudden, though, and it was scary. The winds and the waves were so powerful that they caused the water to come into the boat, filling it up as if it would sink. And it didn't look good for them. They were in their own Titanic situation. And the disciples, the ones that were experienced with the water, they were shaken to their core because of this storm. You know, historians say that the Sea of Galilee is known to have waves that can get up to almost 20 feet high. So the fear was real. There was a real threat. Have you ever had a sudden and powerful storm come into your life that raised your fear factor when you were just trying to do the everyday thing and just get to the other side? Well, welcome to the boat that the disciples were in. The unexpected fierceness of life can overflow on us, y'all, at any time. You were just trying to get to retirement, and then here comes a recession. You were just working out and finally getting into some good shape, only to get a diagnosis to challenge your health. You know, you were just trying to enjoy this new relationship after so many years. And then out of nowhere, the breakup occurs. Just trying to enjoy a new year, a new decade with such high hopes. And then here comes a pandemic. The waves and the winds of life can create such fear, even for the most experienced of us. Well, while this raging storm had kicked up and created quite the fearful stir for the disciples, the Bible says that Jesus was sleeping, taking a nap, y'all. Now, listen, I'm such a light sleeper. I don't know what it could feel like 
to sleep through the sudden onset of an unexpected major storm pattern. So Jesus had to be exhausted. What a day of ministry he had had. And of course, just like how we often respond in the raging storms of our own lives, the disciples were fearful and they woke Jesus up and said, Lord, save us. We are drowning. Don't you care if we die? They believed that this thing was going to take them out. Have your fears ever made you believe that you were not going to make it through whatever it is you were going through? Can I tell you that my hand is raised? I know I have felt that a time or two or even more. Well, Jesus did get up from where he was napping because he heard the fearful cries of his crew. And then he spoke powerfully to this storm, the source of their fear. And he said, peace, be still. And the storm obeyed the creator of the universe and it quieted down. But Jesus was not done speaking. You see, he spoke to his disciples, who, by the way, had been with him all day as he was healing the sick, freeing the oppressed. And they had seen all these miraculous signs and wonders even before they got in the boat. He asked them this question, why are you afraid? And then he said, you have little faith. Now, my first response when I thought about the situation the disciples were in was, okay, mm, hello, Jesus, with all due respect, it's the storm thing. That's why they're afraid. But then after I sat with this a little while, it became clear that Jesus didn't ask them what they were afraid of. He asked them why they were afraid. See, Jesus knew the what. He could see the storm. His vision was good. And actually, he was in the storm himself, though he was sleeping. He was the one that calmed the storm. So he saw the what. He said what he said. But he wanted to know their why. Jesus wasn't really complicated here in this one because he really gave them the answer when he spoke to them. Listen to this, y'all. The answer was, you have little faith. You're afraid because you don't fully believe that the one who is with you is able to handle that which is causing the fear. And that was the lesson for the day. Answer the why question. And you know, in our fear spaces, maybe we should ask ourselves the same thing. Tina, why are you afraid? Freed up friends, why are you afraid? You know, I, um, I made a list of my fears over the last couple of weeks, and I've really began to pray over them. I've had some fears this year that felt like they came from at least a category two or three level storm. I've had some anxiety attacks. I've questioned my worth. I even wonder if God knew when enough is enough. I was trying to be this good little Christian girl. I was asking God for strength, praying to press through these fears. I was praying that God would help me stand up to them and face them. But honestly, I hadn't done a faith check. I really hadn't stopped 
to assess what my fear responses were telling me about my faith level in the one who could speak peace to me and the situations causing me fear. I believe that Jesus didn't ask about the what you are afraid of because fear is an emotion that we experience like others, y'all. Like fear is not always something to pathologize or diagnose. Actually, some fear is healthy because at times it keeps us alive. We all have a survival system in our bodies that alert us to danger. And that's when our nervous system activates and kicks us into this state of fight, flight, or freeze. And that helps to protect us when we're in danger. It's not that fear that is our problem. It's the kind of fear that causes us to forget what we know about the God of the universe the sovereign one, the all-powerful one, the one who is all-wise, present everywhere at the same time, the one who loves us beyond our capacity to even understand. It's the kind of fear that weakens us and messes with our minds and holds us hostage to fear-based thinking. And I believe that fear-based thinking comes to us in just a few ways. Um, One of those is that it causes us to think that we're all alone in that thing. Another fear-based thinking is that we doubt God. We mistrust him. We lose faith that he can do something about our situation if he chooses. And what about irrational and foolish thinking? You know, the disciples actually asked Jesus, do you not care that we could die? What would make them think that Jesus didn't care. Fear-based thinking. And you know, fear-based thinking also disconnects us from our overcoming memory. Now, hadn't the disciples just seen Jesus heal the sick, the paralytics, and cast out demons and deal with this crowd who was suffering from all kinds of oppression? Their overcoming memory was short-circuited. But lest we be too hard on the disciples, What about us? I mean, even though we've seen God do the most amazing things in our lives and in the lives of others, and he's gotten us through fearful experiences before, but we still unconsciously wonder if this one fear, if this thing might finally be the one where Jesus meets his match. So back to the why question, y'all. Jesus was after the faith development of his disciples. He knew that to live in this world for him and to face the trouble and trials that are a part of this world, that they would need their faith strengthened. And if they were going to be overcomers, ones that would courage up in the hard times of life, they would need to trust God with their entire beings. And the same is true for you and me today. I've asked myself this why question and wrestled with the truth. The truth is, that my faith at times needs some storm water and some faith fertilizer in order for it to grow. And God knows that. So before I close, I want to offer two important actions that we can take to help us with our fear. The first thing is that we need to see the destination. See the destination Jesus had told the disciples at the start of the journey, even before the storm kicked up, he said, let's go to the other side. We have a destiny that God has determined for us, both here on earth and for eternity. 
We have a place that we're headed. We're not just going through to be going through, y'all. We are heading somewhere. And on the way, we are being freed up. This one, this fear space in your life, this one, it may feel and seem different. But even there, we have to remind ourselves of the hope of the other side. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Keep the other side, y'all, in your spiritual, mental, and emotional view. Hold on to it and keep riding through the winds and the waves that are causing you the fear. You are going somewhere and God will get you there by faith. See the destination. But here's the second thing. Also, and most importantly, see the divine. See the divine. You know, we have to truly come to know the one who can be trusted above all else, above every fear, every doubt, every failure, and every pressing need. He is our travel companion, and he's everything that we need. He's proven his faithfulness and his godness time and time again. Why can't we see him and have faith in him? You know, the disciples wrestled with seeing the divine themselves. They asked this question, what manner of man is this that even the waves and the wind obey him? And by asking this, they were continuing the process of knowing him in the fullness of who he is. And just like them, Jesus invites us to know him more deeply and more intimately in the wind-blowing, wave-rising moments of our lives so that our faith can grow. And a couple of things that are important as we see the divine in our fear spaces. When we see the divine, we need to experience his love. Yeah, his love. Jesus loved his disciples enough to not let them stay in the same place in their faith. He knew how to care for them, even in the hardest life lessons of overcoming fear. And his love extends to you and me as well. As a matter of fact, he first loved us before we could even think about loving him or anyone or anything else. And when we see and experience his love, we are able to release our fears. Here's where we know that to be true. The word says in 1 John 4, 18, such love has no fear because perfect love casts out fear. And whose love is perfect? His. And when we are in our most fearful seasons, if we can just remember that childhood song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And that's why. He deserves my faith in him. And so we need to experience his love as we see the divine, but we also need to expect his power. The same God who spoke to the cause of the disciples' fear, the what's, which were the winds and the waves on the sea that day, he also speaks to the what's in our lives. But most of all, his power is in how he transforms us in our fear spaces. You see, the reality is that the sickness, the heartbreak, the grief, the anxiety, 
the lack, the job losses, the not knowing what's coming, they create real and palpable fear. And guess what? You may even need some support in this fear space. You might have to see a counselor or a therapist. Seek out that help. God works through others to help us become whole. And you might need some support from medication to help steady you, but you need the power of the divine to anchor you. And that anchor is going to sustain you until you get to the other side. I want to close by sharing the lyrics of a song that I love and that I think will be so uplifting for you when you hear them. I heard this song many times in my teenage and young adult years, and it's still very near and dear to my heart today. It was written by Douglas Miller, and it's called My Soul's Been Anchored. Listen to these lyrics. Though the storms keep on raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day, still that hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But if the storms don't cease, and if the winds keep on blowing in my life, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. So listen, at some point in this coming week, I want to invite you to join me in taking some action steps in this area of facing encouraging up to fear by sitting with God, listening to him, and doing some journaling. First, I want to invite you to courageously answer the why question. Why are you afraid? Ask yourself what it is that is blocking you from fully trusting God in the fear space that you are in. Open yourself up to that for however long it takes for God to speak to you about it, because he will. And then when you've had some time to think through that part, I want you to write out exactly how God is encouraging you to see your destination and to see the divine, to see him during this season of fear in your life. And listen, I am doing this right alongside you as I courage up to the fears that I've been experiencing as well. So listen, Freed Up Friends, it's that time. Time to courage up to fear and anchor ourselves in the faith of the one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. I can imagine being freed up from fear. What about you? Well, listen, I want to say a prayer for all of us as we continue to work through this particular area and emotion in our lives. God, we thank you so much that you are in control of our lives. We have nothing to fear because you are our perfect travel companion and you love us so much. Thank you for letting us see the destination. Thank you for letting us see the divine to see that you are more than capable to handle us in every situation that we find ourselves in. For certainly you didn't give us a spirit of fear and we are overcomers. And we right now, thank you that you are causing us to courage up to fear and you're giving us an overcoming memory and an overcoming spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, hey, 
just want to remind you, you're not walking this road alone. I'm walking right alongside with you, as well as the rest of the Freed Up family. God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.